I remember back in the day, one of my sisters in Argentina was a great fan of uh, Guns N' Roses as a teenager. And it so happened that the year she was turning 15, uh, Guns N' Roses were touring and they were coming to give a live concert in Buenos Aires. So what she decided to do is tell my, my dad, listen, I don't want any big party. The only thing I want is to have dinner at the hotel where Guns N' Roses will be staying. So my dad made a reservation and everything was arranged and it seemed that easy thing to do. The only thing we didn't plan for is that the hotel was surrounded by fans all the time. And they had set up this fence, this perimeter, to keep fans at a distance, right? So it wasn't clear how to get in, but we kind of worked our way, our way through the crowd and eventually reached this fence. And we spoke to the security person and told him, well, we have this reservation for dinner. And he checked in with the management and they said, yeah, okay, where are the names? So when the fence began to open, craziness broke out. Everybody wanted to get in, like, oh. Like, and they all spoke to the security person, telling them they also had a reservation, maybe. But the cleverest attempt was this little girl who looked at my dad in the eye and said, Dad, it's me. Don't you recognize me? Well, that incident got me, got me to reflect on what's so ridiculous and funny about that request. And it's this, I think, that you can get a lot of things in life. You can work hard and receive a lot of things you aspire to. A position, a degree, a house you want to get, or a place you want to visit. But there are things that you can never earn, no matter what you do. And being part of a family is one of them. You cannot request or demand that, right? Suppose your boss is an excellent mentor to you and you're a hard worker, but even if you're the best employee in the world and you really get along with your mentor, you cannot tell him to adopt you. You cannot tell him, well, since you're going for this getaway to Hawaii, I want to go with you. That's something only your boss can decide to do. Only he can sort of include you in the family. It's not something we can earn. Well, that's exactly what God has decided to do with us. He has given us something that we cannot earn. He has made us children. He has invited us to be part of his family. And that's something that we get a glimpse of in this feast of the baptism of the Lord. It's a sort of first public appearance of Christ. And it's also the first time in history in which people learn that there is something in God as a mystery of the Trinity, a Trinity of persons. First time. The Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, and the voice of the Father is heard. You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. You know, at times we wonder, why would God tell us something so complicated as the Trinity? What's the use of it? And the short answer is because this is a mystery we are invited to enter into. God has this hidden, rich life made of personal relationships that are totally transparent and selfless. And he wants to invite us in. Jesus came from this place of perfect relationships 
that we could have a way into them. I mean, it's clear that we live in a world of broken relationships ourselves. I mean, the incidents we witnessed last Wednesday are a reminder of that. Well, I'm convinced that, you know, the most encompassing solution to all these social problems we're going through, all the, the turmoil and the challenges and the restlessness we're going through, is a spiritual solution. And I, I don't say this to oversimplify. It's not that I think the other things don't count. But this is the most profound solution. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in people. How hearts are changed when people convert to God. This, you know, deep healing and peace starts to come into a person. And so your view of society and politics and finances and family life change and grow and improve. But why is this so important, to be adopted by God, to be invited by Jesus into this realm of the Trinity? You know, because being adopted into God's family is the one identity that doesn't have to be earned. It's simply given to us. That's why Jesus is so strong emotionally and spiritually. Have you ever wondered why that is? He's so resilient with all the Pharisees and powerful people ranged against him. He never gives up. He never is down. That's the secret. He is the son of the Father. It's an identity that is given and not earned. What happens when you look for an affirmation that you need to earn and it's somewhere else but not in God, is that you become anxious very quickly. We become anxious. No wonder why anxiety has become um, number one problem in our world today. It's because if my sense of worth depends on my career, well, I need to keep up. I need to prove that I can do as well this year, 2021, as I did last year. I need to prove that my resume is as good or better than the other person applying for the job. You see, if that's my identity, it's on shaky ground. My relationship is what people say of me or my relationships. Well, that's also on shaky ground. I had to keep up posting things, going to more exciting places, making people think, well, look at how great my life looks, or be in this relationship to feel that I'm somebody. Now, I'm not saying that job or relationship or things we have are, are not important. They are important, right? But if my identity comes from them, then life becomes very stressful. I need to prove myself constantly. I need to validate myself, showing that I'm doing as well as, or even better than other people are doing. And it's a vicious cycle. You know, if I... Um, because if I lack self-confidence, I, I know I won't perform very well. But then, you know, the worse I perform, the less self-confidence I have. So it's a, it's a cycle that goes down. But if your self-confidence is based on God, you are a beloved daughter, a beloved son of God. That's a whole different story. You know, one of the things that I find in talking to a lot of young people where this anxiety lies is in trying to figure out your future. It's a great source of anxiety. Uh, if that means that your identity is based on those choices, well, I'm looking for my identity. What I'm going to become? Who is going to hire me? What kind of marriage or vocation will I have? 
if those choices are giving your identity or your control of the future are your identity, that may be a paralyzing thing. You may say, well, I cannot do anything until I find out. But if you don't do anything, you won't find out anyways, right? And it may deprive you of many important experiences that God wants you to have precisely in order to choose better and to start living as a child of God right now. Someone that I find as a great example of this was, maybe I spoke to, about him a while ago, it was a, a, an Italian blessed, blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, who lived about a hundred years ago in Italy. He was the son of a very important family in, in Turin. His father was a senator. And he was a man of great faith and prayer. He was athletic, popular, funny. Um, he would go on outings with his friends. He had a lot, a lot of influence, influence with his friends. And he had a great love for the poor. He would go and visit people who were in poverty, who he brought medicine to them, clothing, food. He would even find jobs for them. And he knew his family would not quite approve of that, so he went incognito. He would go in disguise and call himself Brother Jerome. He would change his name. He died pretty young. He died at 24. By that time, he had contracted an polio. He died of an illness. So, uh, but by that time, he developed a network of over 100 families that he sustained almost single-handedly. It's amazing. And he, that's something he did on the side. He was a student. He had all these friends. He was very athletic. But something that struck me when I read his, about his life is that he achieved all of this before even figuring out who he was supposed to do, in a sense, or what he was supposed to do in life. He hadn't yet figured out his vocation. He was dating for the time, maybe discerning the possibility of the priesthood. He hadn't quite settled on a career path in a definite way. He was still exploring and deciding. But his identity, obviously, was not placed on the things he could achieve career-wise or as social status. He had the identity of, the, of a son of God. And that's why he didn't waste any time. He did amazing things. He died very young, but having touched the hearts of so many people. I mean, his funeral was you know, crowded. And the impressive thing is that suddenly these two crowds met. Many poor people showed up and the family said, Who, where are these people coming from? And how do they know our son? And the poor people were saying, so Brother Jerome was the son of the senator? They kind of were sur kind of surprised to find each other in that place. But he touched so many lives. He had this identity of a son of God. He wasn't waiting for life to happen. He carried this light with him. So a few things to take away for this week. The first one is give thanks to the Lord for your, your identity as a baptized child of God. It's, it's, it's the most important identity you have, and the fact that you were baptized is a great gift. Do you know when that happened? Do you know where it happened? It's as important as your birthday. Right? So value that. Celebrate it. It's an important fact and moment in your life. I mean, maybe you remember, maybe you were baptized as an adult, but 
for most of us here probably that happened as children, as babies, and so it's good to know when that happened, where. Give thanks to the Lord for that. The second one is pray every day this week. Pray the prayer of the children of God, the Our Father. But before you pray, imagine in your head the words that the Father is directing to you as a prelude for that prayer. You are my beloved child, my beloved son, my beloved daughter. And then say that in response, Our Father. And finally, think about these things, about where your identity is. What is the source of your identity? What makes you feel proud of yourself? Is it to be a child of God? Or is it something else? Is it something that maybe you want to have? Or is it something that you already have? The fact that the, the Lord loves you, that you are His child. Well, that's what the Lord wants for you as an identity. To call, to, he looks at you and says, See, you are my daughter. You are my son. With you, I am well pleased. May we pray. Father, fill us with your spirit, with the spirit of adoption through which we call you Father. And create in us the heart of children. Create in us, Lord, this profound identity that does not depend on how we perform, or how much approval we get, how much success or what goes well or not so well in our lives, but it depends on that you have redeemed us in your Son, that you have created us for yourself. We seek you, Lord. Give us a new heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.